You guys sounded really, really good this morning. Amazing. For those of you who may be new to our city, new to our province, I just feel like I need to apologize for what happened this week with this last snowfall that we had. This doesn't normally happen, okay? So uh, we just want to uh, embrace, I guess, and Christmas is coming. But I'm so excited to be able to share with you guys today uh, a message that I believe God has put on my heart. We've been on this series entitled Stuff That Jesus Said. And if you were here last week or if you watched online, uh, Pastor Joel talked about the Lord's Prayer. And uh, so I'm going to pick it up a little bit. And, and, you know, he talked about, you know, God's kingdom coming on this earth as it is in heaven. And the next verse goes, and give us this day our daily bread. And so those of you who know me, you know that I enjoy food. And so I thought that I would pick up on verse two and talk about what is this whole story about our daily bread? But um, before we get into it, I've had the privilege of being downstairs on Wednesday nights with the students and in youth ministry. And so those, those teenagers have a lot of energy. How many, how many of you guys are parents of teenagers? All right, and so we've been having a lot of fun uh, down there, but I'm just, I just want you guys to help me out in the message today because down there they have a lot of energy. And so uh, at any point, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of a hollerback girl. I don't know if you guys have heard that song. Well, I am a hollerback preacher. And so what I mean by that is, is it's okay to say things like amen. Can I hear you guys say amen this morning? Amen. It's okay to say things like, mmm, that was good. Can you guys say that? Mmm, that was good. Even if it's not good, it might get better, all right? Um, but truthfully, I believe that God has something for us. And so we're going we're gonna to look today at, at a book in uh, the New Testament called John. John chapter 6 is where we're going to spend all of our time today. And we're going to look at a story of Jesus with his disciples. And uh, the whole narrative of the story is... Uh, bread, and Jesus is the bread of life. So to give us a little context this morning, we're going to start in John uh, chapter 6, verse 1. And a bit of the backstory on this is, is Jesus is beginning to get a lot of followers. So wherever he is going, it seems like there is a crowd that's beginning to follow him. And I'm not just talking about 100 people. Uh, the story says that, you know, there were up to 5,000 men uh, which, you know, men, if there's men, there's typically women. If there's men and women together, how many know? We got some kids, right? Uh, and so, so there's a lot of people beginning to follow Jesus now. And so the story goes like this, where he began to just address the crowd and begin to talk to them. And if you know anything about Jesus, he's always two steps ahead of himself. So he knows where he's going. And so he looks at his disciples and he's looking at all these people you know, that are gathered there listening to him, and he says, what are we going to do to feed these people? And so the disciples are like, oh, I, I, I don't know. You know, and they say things like, well, it would, it, would, it would take a month's wages to be able to afford to pay everybody. And so one of the disciples began to go through the crowd, and they find a young boy that has five loaves of bread and two fishes. Can you imagine you know, you find this like little like snack pack, you know, this lunch box and you bring it to Jesus and there's thousands of people and you're like, hey Jesus, this is what I got, right? And so Jesus, you know, he, he looks at that and, and he's like, all right, check this out. 
You know what, who I think the hero in this story is? It's not the disciple who got the bread and the fish. It's not the little boy. Do you know who I think the hero is? I think the hero is the mom or the dad who packed the lunch. Come on. How many moms out there that you just despise packing lunches for your children? You know, she was the hero of this story. Just a couple of weeks ago, I tried this exact thing where I packed my kids' lunch without them knowing. And it was quite funny. They came home that day and they're like, Mom, what was up with our lunch today? It's like packed like a half a sandwich or something. So anyway, Jesus in this story produces a miracle and begins to feed the entire audience. But here's the deal. Jesus is doing this miracle because he wants to teach them a lesson on hunger. And so we're going to pick the story up in John 6, verse 25, and I'm going to read verses 25 all the way down to 35, and then we're going to go back and see exactly what Jesus is trying to show us out of this chapter here. So let's, let's go through this. I'm going to read, and you can follow along with me today. It says in verse 25, Jesus replied, and he said, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable food. Spend your energy seeking eternal life that comes from the Son of Man that only He can give you. For God the Father has not given me this, the Father God has given me the seal of His approval. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? I love that question. And Jesus told them, This is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one who sent me. Look at the person beside you and say, Believe. Let's try that again. Look at the person beside you and say, believe. Believe. That's better. Believe in the one he has sent. And they answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do after all? Our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus replied to them, I tell you the truth, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father did. And now he offers the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be hungry again. I want to tell you that hunger, hunger is a dangerous thing. We have to be careful about what we are hungering for. You see, in this story, Jesus is teaching them a very practical lesson on a physical need that we have. And the disciples and the people around him think that it is all about meeting a physical need, but what Jesus is going to do is he's going to flip the narrative and he wants to show them that he has come to meet a spiritual need. In verse 26, okay, to go back to verse 26, he says, you want 
to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood my miracles. And I just want to tell you that I love you guys. I think you guys are a phenomenal church. And I just want you to hear my heart in the next couple of minutes of what I want to share because I, I feel like sometimes as Christians, we have to check ourselves in this area. And, and what he says here, you want to be with me because I fed you. And I think that sometimes as Christians, we can want to seek the things that we want God to do in our life, and he wants us to be focused on the kingdom. He wants us to be focused on other people. And I often wonder if God was to answer every prayer that we asked, would it just affect our circle, or would it change our neighbor's life, or the street, you know, or, or our community, or our church? Are our prayers just for us about meeting our needs? Or is it about something much bigger than that? And this is where Jesus wanted to address that you just want me for this physical need, but the actual Son of God, the one who everyone was waiting for to be the Savior of the world, is right there with them, and they don't even recognize it. Isn't that scary to think? Can I, can I be as straightforward to say that we could possibly go to church our whole life and never know who Jesus is? That's a sobering thought. And I think that in our culture today, it is so focused on us that we can sometimes make Christianity, listen to this, all about us. We can make it about our calling, our purpose, God's plan for my life. Come on, somebody, are you guys with me? And he wants it to be about him and his kingdom and about others. And so I, wanna, I, I just want us to check ourselves. Are we following Jesus because we just want him to meet our daily need? Or are we going to him because I want to know the actual person the actual bread of life and have a relationship with him. And it's so powerful of the difference that that can make. Can I tell you that the gospel message doesn't always make us feel good. When we come to church on Sunday, it should challenge us, it should stretch us, it should cause us to think about the choices that we are making and check ourselves. Look at the person beside you and say, check yourself. We need to check ourselves for what the scripture is saying and align our desires according to his will and to his plan. You see, sometimes we can have a full belly of programs, we can have a full belly of performance, but yet come to church on the inside so hungry and not getting our spiritual need met. And so it's so key as we unpack this about what it, does it look like to have a daily bread. I want us to look at verse 27. And it's so interesting as they continue to go down through this story. It says, don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. I think he's speaking to me right there, actually. 
<laughs> in my love for food. But no, he's actually talking about things. I want us to, what are some things that are driving our hunger today? You know, I don't know about you guys, but as we uh, grow, you know, as we get older, sometimes, you know, we grow from, from teenagers and, 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 you know, kind of that middle stage in, in college, and we want and desire things, don't we? Right? We're like, I just can't wait till I can upgrade, you know, my car, right? I can't wait till we can get a better house, until I can have some toys, right? We desire those things. And Jesus is trying to, uh, he's trying to point that out and say, those things are perishable. And he's trying to direct them that, you know what, those things they will fade away and they won't last. How many have experienced that? Where you thought, you know what, once I get this thing, I'm, I'm, I'm set, right? Once I get this much money in the bank, I'm gonna be comfortable. How many have you know, you've experienced that feeling where you get that and you're just like a week later, two weeks later, and you're like, ah, it didn't really, you know, it didn't really give satisfy me. And so Jesus is addressing this natural hunger that we all have. For things, we all desire it. And I just want to just speak for a moment just to, to the students that are here in the room. and that, that God has put a desire in our heart, a hunger in our heart that can't be filled by anything else but him. And sometimes we try to, you know, we try to do all kinds of things or we think that, you know, if I'm popular enough, you know, then that will fill that hunger. If, if I have the right relationship, come on somebody, then I'll be happy. Are you guys with me this morning? We try and fill it with all kinds of stuff and I wanna tell you today, there is nothing that can fill that hungry desire that is on the inside of you except for Jesus. Can I hear somebody say amen? There's nothing else. And you can spend your whole life trying to achieve and trying to gather the things. And I watch people, and they, they, that, that's what their objective is, that end game. I just want to get enough, and then I can retire. And I'm telling you, you will, you will look back and be like, I am still not satisfied. Jesus is trying to draw this conclusion to them and to us. And so this is what I love as we continue through this story. In verse 28. I love this question that they ask him. Look at this. It says, we want to perform good works too. What should we do? What should we do? Have you ever asked yourself that question to God? Where it's like, God, what do you want me to to do. I think that is such a great and honest question that sometimes we find ourselves in where we're just like, God, just tell me what it is that you want me to do. And I love his reply here in verse 29. It says, and Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Look at the person beside you and say, believe. Believe. That is a strong word, believe. Sometimes we think we believe something because we talk like we believe something. 
But what we actually do is what we believe. Believe is so strong. And we have to be able to settle in our heart what it is we believe. And anytime I talk to students, I say it like this, that belief is uh, believing that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he will do. And I don't know where you find yourself today, but we are all at different stages and different situations and different challenges that are facing you today. And I want to encourage you to believe that God is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. And he wants to be our bread today, right? And he will give us what we need today if we just believe in the one he has sent. Do you believe that God is who he says he is? There's two things that, that over time happen in the life of a Christian. This is a quote by Mark Batterson, and he says this, either your theology will conform to your reality and your expectation of what God can do will get smaller and smaller. Or, he says, your reality will conform to your theology and what you expect God can do will get bigger and bigger until anything is, in, is possible. And that is so true that over time as Christians, sometimes our theology causes us to think smaller and smaller because situations happen and they cause us to doubt and fear enters and I don't know if God really is who he said he is and if he can really do what he said he will do. And we start to conform to our theology and God wants us to conform to the reality that God is who he says he is until we can continue to expect that God is more than able and he can still do the impossible. If you believe that this morning, can I hear somebody say amen to that? Amen. God is our source. Verse 30, verse 30, they ask this question, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. How many have ever asked God that? Been in that spot where we're like, okay, God, if you're really real, I want you to, I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me. I want you to perform this. How many have done that before? Right? We, we all have. That's a natural you know, desire. And you know what? That's okay. Because I believe that honesty before God is what he wants. And I can remember being uh, 18 years old and just kind of finishing up my high school years and, and I had attended youth group at that time and we were going through a transition in, in youth pastors. I had a, this one particular youth pastor that, that, you know, from the ages of 13 to 18, he was there. And so when he transitioned, it was a tough season for me and just trying to figure out, okay, God, are you really real? Is this thing, you know, really true? And I remember in that fall, we had, there was a, a team that was going to New York to work 
uh, at this uh, church called Metro Ministries, the largest outdoor Sunday school in the world, right in the Bronx. And we spent a week there. And before we left on that trip, I can remember so clearly saying, God, if you are real, I want you to speak to me. And it's kind of right where we're at here. Show me a sign if you want me to believe. And I can remember each night going back, you know, they give you like the journal to kind of write the highlights of your day. God did some amazing things that week. But I can remember going back every, every night, laying my head on the pillow and saying, God, if you're real, I want you to speak to me today. And the truth is, I never heard an audible voice of God that entire week and, and on the way home. But God did something much more than what I was asking for. He changed something on the inside of me that there was such a compassion and passion for people that I can't explain. And it has, it has changed my life forever from that moment until it led to you know, being a youth pastor and just seeing God do so many things. But that is the difference between knowing about God and actually knowing him. And in that moment, he changed something where that daily bread, that daily need became a spiritual, where he met that spiritual hunger that has never, ever changed to that point. And so sometimes we want God to do the miraculous, and he will meet you where you're at. So, verse 31, they begin to challenge Jesus here, and they say, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness, the scripture says, and Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And so they begin to challenge Jesus on, okay, what are you going to do for us? I remember hearing the stories of our family before that Moses fed them, and I love how Jesus responds to this. He, he shuts them right up straight, and he's like, just hold right there for a moment. Moses didn't provide anything. My God provided their need. And I thought that was so amazing how Jesus points that out. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven, but it was my father. And he goes on to say this. Verse 34, as we begin to land this plane, I am the bread of life. Give us this day Give us that bread every day. Whoever comes to me will never hunger again. Manna came fresh every day. I want to tell you that we need something from Jesus every day. What would it look like for us to not eat for several days or weeks? I think as Christians, we have to understand that we need this daily bread. And it's not just about us, but it's about those around us. That we need to continually feed ourselves something fresh from God every day so that we can have something to feed this hurting, broken, confused world, the people around us. How many believe that this morning? And so we just can't just think that we can live off of yesterday's word, yesterday's experience. 
You see, the story in, that they're speaking of with Moses was God provided bread for them each and every day. And the people began to think, oh, well, what if God stops providing? We better start gathering more bread, more manna in case he doesn't provide. But I want to tell you that God wants us to trust him each and every day for exactly what you need to meet your need. And so I want to leave you with three things. How do we get this daily bread? What does that look like in a busy culture, in a busy stage that, you're made, that you find yourself in where we have so many distractions? How does this apply to our everyday realities? And so I'm going to give you three P's that I hope you'll remember. I didn't pick that after my name, but um, I just hope that they will stick. Number one, how do we maintain, how do we get this daily bread each and every day? The first one is proximity. We have to stay close to a connection with God daily. And if I was to ask you, well, how do you do that? And I know that in church settings, we're like, well, we need to read our Bible and we need to pray. But even beyond those things, creating rhythms and routines and find out what it is that, that feeds you. It could be a podcast. It could be a book. It could be a daily 20-minute walk in the park where you leave everything else aside and you get in proximity with God, that daily bread. It could be a coffee with a friend. But I want to encourage you today that if you want that daily bread, that daily thing that's going to sustain you, what are you doing to put yourself in proximity with Father God? Number two, I call this protection. We need to protect ourselves. How many of you guys know that there's a lot of things each and every day that are trying to sidetrack us and derail us? I say this all the time. What you look at longest becomes strongest in your life. What are you looking at? What are you spending your time watching? Because that is what you're feeding on and that is what is growing stronger in your life. And you have to protect yourself, I think, more than ever before on what you are feeding, what you are watching, what you are putting in, what you are listening, and what you are believing. True story. Like never before. The third one I want to leave you with is to be proactive. As I said before that our daily bread is not just about us, but it's about others. And I don't know about you, but I want to be so full of the presence of God and the power of God that people can notice that there is something different that this world is missing. And I think that as Christians, we have to be proactive. God didn't save us to just go to church. God called us and saved us so we would go out into the world and make a difference. And so this daily bread of life means that we have to give 
out of the overflow of what is coming in. Come on, somebody. God doesn't just give it to meet our need. He gives it so that he can use us to meet somebody else's need. And can I tell you that that is when life becomes exciting? That is when life becomes the most fun as we begin to operate and live out of the overflow. And so I'm just going to ask that we're just going to pray together but I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads and, and close your eyes. And, and again, I know that we go through these rhythms and routines and messages. And I just felt so strongly today on this bread of life that the Holy Spirit, as he has searched my heart this week, my prayer is that he would search your heart. And he would reveal areas in our life that we need to make changes so that he can be our daily bread. God, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to come and hear something fresh from you. God, there may be people in the room here today that first of all, they've never made that decision to follow Jesus. God, I pray that today would be that day where they realize that they've been searching for, to fill that hunger, God, in so many things. But hopefully they realize that it can only be found in you today. God, I pray for, God, those of us that are caught in the routines of daily life and challenges, I pray that we would be reminded that we need this daily bread to sustain us. But not just us, the people around us, God, our neighbors, God, in our city, at our workplace, our family, God, There is something in us that they need. And I pray that that would become such a reality, God, that it would change up our routines and cause us to get in proximity of you. Protect us, God, from the distractions. And God, put such a burden in us to be proactive, to do something for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen. Could I have you guys stand together? I want us just to reflect for a moment as we sing this song that I feel is so fitting today. And I would just ask that you would just close your eyes and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in this moment as we sing this song together.